Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Beyond the Noise, the podcast series from PR Week. I'm Frankie Oliver, your host and founder of New Society. And today I am not joined by either Danny or John, who is off on his Christmas holidays, but I'm instead joined by two fantastic guests. Graham Goodkind, founder and chairman at Frank. Hello, Graham. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. And Frankie Corey former, there's a bit of a CV here actually, former MD Frank, CEO at both Citizen and Mischief, and most recently uh, the marketing director, global marketing director at Fremantle before recently joining W as co-CEO. Hello Frankie. Hi there. It's great to finally meet you, my fellow namesake in PR after all of these years. Um, So, At the end of each show, we typically choose a top and flop. And we thought there was no better way to end this year than to invite these two PR greats onto the show to really talk about what they think are their personal top and flops for 2022. And we'll also then go on to talk about both Frankie and Graham's both biggest challenges and learnings for the year and their key successes. So first to you, Frankie. In what I think can only really be described as an Annus Horribilis, what has been your top and flop for the year? Uh, so I, when I look at my tops, I, I'm a big fan of the Bounty campaign by Taylor Herring. And not just because of what they've done this Christmas with the No Bounty tub, but the fact that actually it's been a campaign that started last year and has continued through to this year. I love the hustle, but also the delivery that's been involved. Anyone can come up with a great idea, but the delivery and execution of that has been phenomenal. It's worked across every platform, but I also love the fact that I have no doubt that it's driven commercial impact. I think it, is, it was a, it was a, a top, um, I think, well, just a couple of weeks ago, actually. Um, and we very much commended Taylor Herring. It's been a fantastic campaign. Would you agree, Graham? I'm sure you would. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree completely. I think the beauty of it is that it's such an unimportant yet incredibly divisive 
topic. I mean, in the scheme of things, really, what does it matter? It doesn't matter, but it's the sort of things that, you know, is, is pure conversation gold. And, you know, we kind of at Frank, obviously, we use the word talkability, but it kind of lives and breeds it in terms of it's kind of trivial, fun, lighthearted, not going to change the world but provokes debate and everyone's got their opinion um, and, um, you know, worked, obviously, as, as Frank is saying, a, a treat, I'm sure, on the pun, a treat in terms of uh, the, uh, the impact on the bottom line. Absolutely. So, Frankie, what's your, what's your flop? Uh, my flop, I've tried to avoid politics, uh, but actually P&O Ferris would be the big flop to me. You know, 800 redundancies. Um, losing sight that it was people, humans losing their jobs, something that was done on video conference. Um, unfortunately, we've seen that pattern repeated through the year. But at the same time, we've also seen other companies behave much better and, and speak in a more human way to their employees and help them find new jobs and offer a hand of help. Uh, but I just think the, the effect that that had, the media uh, coverage that went on for months, the, you know, uh, for me, I would say that that is the flop of the year. It was so damaging, wasn't it? It was sort of stag- staggering a bit in its stupidity as well, because they actually produced their own content to be um, hung with. I mean, you know, it was a video call to uh, 800 staff, so they actually produced the content that was insensitive, showed an amazing lack of empathy or understanding, um, and then they broadcast it and put it out. I mean... It just didn't make sense. I mean, I think it was it was a, ended up being a PR disaster. It was incredibly stupid and short-sighted management um, that just ended up being a PR disaster. So, Graham, to you, what's your what's your top of the year? Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm a, I was a fan of Bounty, like like Frankie. I mean, I got a few, and my 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 brain tends to favour the more stunt-led, slightly fun. Um, sometimes with a deeper meaning, sometimes um, with not really any meaning at all. So, <laughs> sort of in the short in the short list, there was, um, I mean, the, the Daily Star sixty p lettuce was 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 gold, and I don't think it came from any PR agency. It was just such a brilliant idea that got us talking, and and things that get us talking are the things that that turn that turn me on. I really liked cleverly BBC Eastenders, their credit where they. Uh, had London submerged underwater to show the effects of climate change. So getting across a, a really nice message that worked for me. Similarly, London Zoo and ZSL um, put a crocodile handbag in a crocodile enclosure to um, show uh, how endangered the species was, and that went pretty viral. So that, those sort of things. The, the top two for me in second place was um, my beloved Arsenal um, and um, a... Uh, I think they did at the start of the year, actually, with Adidas, where they turned their normally glorious red uh, kit, red tops, white. uh, And the initiative was called No More Red, and it was all about stamping out um, knife-related crime on the streets. And, uh, you know, the blood spilt as a result, and therefore the kit went white um, for a game, which was... uh, Look very different, and actually, Arsenal lost that game that they wore the white kit. So I'm not sure they'll do it again, but certainly as a as a PR stunt, it it came across well. But my top of the year, which was just very random, stupid, and, and brilliant, I don't know who which agency was responsible. Actually, it was um, the for visit Iceland by the Icelandic Tourist Board, and it was out out horse your email um, was the name of the uh, campaign, and they set up a website. 
um, where you could go to because they showed that some research showed that, you know, the thing that prevented us having a great time while we were on holiday and on holiday in Iceland, therefore, was uh, our emails and our out of offices and stuff like that. So you could basically subcontract your out of office reply to a horse, a real horse on a giant keyboard um, somewhere in the beautiful surrounds of Iceland. They had two horses, I think they used both in different locations. Um, which they filmed live, and they get an email through from someone that's opted into the service, and then the horse, the horse would just trot on the keyboard, sending random gibberish messages of out of out of office to those people that had signed up to it. But it, it was beautifully shot, and the footage behind it was 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 superb in showing Iceland, which is an amazing country. I'm lucky enough I went there a few years ago, with the whole randomness of it, which sort of to me summed up the Icelandic attitude sense of humor it's just a bit different a bit alternative so for me it was visit iceland and outhorseyouremail.com was uh, was just about my favorite and for your flop my flop i mean frankie i think was was spot on there i mean it was a toss-up really between um uh sort of uh, the energy companies and there was a couple here at fault for they're keeping warm advice. I think SSE um, advised uh, all about cuddling the cat to doing star jumps and stuff like that, which showed a lot of insensitivity. Eon um, sent 30,000 customers a pair of socks um, so that they could keep warm. So the ins- insensitivity of some of the energy companies was good. I missed that. Good. They sent 30,000 socks out. Yeah, I thought that was a good idea. Um, obviously, to, to obviously, you know, wouldn't even you know do much. But but for me, it, you know, kind of there's all the political stuff, and I'll I'll clear clear of that. Centre parks didn't exactly play a blinder when it came to the Queen's funeral and shutting that. Um, but for me, the one and I, I I don't like them as a brand, so there's a bit of prejudice here as well. So uh, you know, I kind of say that as that I always a bit doubtful as to them their. Um, reasons for doing stuff and I, I don't think they're good intention but Brewdog for me and recently their um, anti-sponsorship of the Qatar World Cup and uh, preaching from their pulpit about human rights and the LGBTQ plus um, sort of inadequacies of, of, the, of the country of, of Qatar at the same time as openly trying to get more people to come to their pubs where they were showing the football from Qatar live in their pubs to get people drinking there. You know, it was a very bit of two-faced stuff and they got rightly, I felt, a lot of flack uh, for that. So to me, um, Brewdog and their um, Qatar stunt that went wrong, I'd say, uh, for me, is is my flop of the year. Frankie, would you agree with that as a, as a flop of the year? It definitely is in the top of the flops um, because, you know, you have to follow it through. If you make a strong statement, it has to be something that links back to your values and carry through in how you behave as a business. So it absolutely stood out to me as one of those campaigns as well. And also in your sort of tops, Graham, I knew knew you'd like the Liz Trust letters. Um, a lot of fun, but also I think on the Iceland campaign, it's again comes back to that delivery and that execution, you know, and that's everyone can come up with an idea, as I said before, but really, you know, there's a craft and what we do to get that delivery and execution up to the level that it, it should be to, to get the, make the impact it needs to make. Yeah. And for me as well, that summed up knowing Iceland as well, the, the quirkiness and the individuality of the country. So it was the, all that plus the fact that I thought it, 
you know, it was just so random. And Iceland is like that. When you go there, it's a country of sort of random things that just seem to happen from the madness looking up in the sky, the northern lights to the amazing landscape that it's got there and volcanoes going off. It's, it's just a, you know, summed it up nicely. So it did all that and, and brought the brand to life nicely. There's, there's definitely been a sort of theme of sort of Scandinavian kind of quite quirky tourism campaigns in the past as well, hasn't it? It seems to really kind of strike the right chord. They get that kind of mm-hmm. cultural humour kind of spot on which really works yeah exactly exactly so I've chosen the top and flop too so go on. my top is actually going to be for the public for the 9,000 complaints that were made against Jeremy Clarkson in the last few days for his criticism his absolutely vile comments towards uh, Meghan Markle I don't know what you guys thought about it but I thought it was absolutely jaw-dropping and why I've said it's a top because I think it is it is fantastic to finally see um, this kind of uh, commentary that we're seeing, you know, quite often this kind of hate dialogue that's dominating some of the tabloids. So I think to actually see it called out is really important. I don't know if you saw a couple of months ago, but Mr. Clarkson also commented on Sir David Attenborough's uh, Frozen Planet uh, programme and said that he was simply reading out scripts that were written by vegan communists. So I'm really quite delighted to see that um, he is absolutely being held to account over some of his words towards Meghan. What, what did you think, Frankie? Well, I do, you know, I think as you've rightly said, the call-out culture, the fact that the public, 9,000 people spoke out, um, you know, look, even his own daughter spoke out about absolutely. it. And I think that, that says a lot, right? Um, but yes, I'm with you on that. I, th- I felt that it was very unnecessary, whatever individual's views are. Um you know, it was quite a strong statement to make and rightly so, the public reacted. And as I say, his daughter reacted as well. And it's amazing, isn't it? Do you think that it actually even ended up in print? I mean, how did it actually get yeah. <laughs> the editor? I mean, that was the thing that I was like, you know, what, what what processes do we have in place here from an editorial perspective? Graham, what do you think? Were you shocked to actually see it in print? Yeah, I thought look, it was horrendous um, what he said. I mean, it's a shame. I think a lot of, I mean, I, like him as a as a journalist and commentator when he sticks to good humor mm. and his sort of banterful stuff is you know the tv show on the clarkson's farm is 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 good value and i think very you know very entertaining but uh, it almost seems like it's trying too hard to push it and jumping on this harry and megan story um, and, and the way he's done it is, you know, is, is shows, you know, to me a lot of prejudice, um, which, you know, I think she's trying to demonstrate exists. And I think he demonstrates it perfectly that it does exist and why, um, you know, why we need to be too wary. I think it's just trying to push the boat out and create controversy partially as well. And his, I, I mean, the other bit of it is his lack of being able to use the word sorry um, yesterday in his statements, you know, I think, oh, I pushed it too far is more or less what he said. Well, yes, you did. And the next thing you say is, I'm sorry. That's the bit he didn't say. And, you know, I've kind of spoken about it before and written about it before. Brands find it sometimes so hard to say sorry, where sorry is quite an easy word to use. And sorry and meaning it is, is quite important. And that, you know, could have been uh, a good thing for him to do. But obviously he, he felt otherwise, which is, I think, is a pity. Yeah, I mean, and having, I don't know if you both have watched the Harry and Meghan documentary, but I mean, I think it felt calmer and sweet justice in the end that everything that they'd said was really to be proven right, really, exactly point, yeah. treated by the media. So, um, so in terms of my flop, well, 
Just over a year ago, I don't know if you both remember, but there was a gentleman called Alok Sharma, who's the president of COP26, sat in the final plenary, breaking down in tears as India and China sought to water down the tax from phasing out coal to phasing it down. Um, and despite being the host of the probably the most significant climate conference of any of our lives, what have we decided to do? I don't know. Graham, you tell me, what have we decided to do in this country? I think we're opening coal mines again, aren't we? After we are him, opening after coal mines. He wanted yeah, to con- didn't he want to, I mean, you're more expert in it than I, but he wanted to consign coal to history, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. It's just, uh, it just reopened the vault, obviously. Yes. So, I mean, I don't know if there's much more to be said on that, but I think I think definitely I would say that was definitely my flop for the year. So moving on, um, it's been quite quite the year 2022. Um, I mean, just as we were coming out of COVID, agencies and businesses have obviously have to weather a multitude of challenges from the war, Brexit, and, you know, the energy and cost of living and, of course, climate crisis. So it'd be really interesting to look at you both as kind of um, agency bosses. Frankie, first, like what has been I mean out of all of those challenges what has been the biggest challenge for you and with that any sort of key learnings that you've made this year but I I think when I was sort of mapping out everything that happened this year we also had the Queen's Jubilee and unfortunately her funeral one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare that's why United Healthcare offers flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more learn more at uh1.com hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I mean, what a year where news actually dominated the news cycle. And we went into 2022 thinking, right, you know, we can do a lot of campaigns we can plan in advance and constantly as our industry does really well we pivoted we were agile and we were constantly revolving our campaigns against the uh, news agenda i think for me the biggest challenge um has been this back to work getting the right blend of understanding individual needs and flexibility but maintaining an agency culture and obviously i'm relatively new new back into agency life um, and to see, actually, I'd, I'd say that's one of the successes of W's. I can't claim it's my own success because I've only been here since October, but the fact that the culture is so strong and there is still that support for individual needs and ways of working. So how is that actually working for you? I and mean, how, how are you now making that work? Have you got a set pattern and, and way of working that you're bringing people back into the office? Yes. Yeah, so, um, look, there's a lot of people here every day, uh, but... There are three mandatory days in the office and then we people work in between and it's often led by teams. But a lot of our clients, we've got a lot of live events, we've got a lot of live campaigns and that's why people are naturally gravitating back towards the office to work together. But there's still, I think what's been amazing is there's been a lot, obviously a lot of lockdown babies and it's been amazing to see a lot of dads taking a much more active role. So often pre-COVID, you'd have mums going, I need to get back for bath time, where it's amazing yeah. to hear all the dads in the office saying, right. 
need to work from home today to, you know, be with my baby or I need to do the nursery pickup. And I think that's been amazing to see as well. And you have to support that individual flexibility. And obviously, you know, looking after elderly parents or kids or whatever it might be. So you have to have that. But actually, there's nothing stronger and better than being together to have that culture. And a lot of people that have joined W over the past few months have just talked about um, just the vibrant culture. It came up really highly, actually, in our end of year staff survey. I think 99.9% of people talked about what they love most about W is the culture. I think the one person that didn't, they said the office dogs. But everybody else <laughs> talked about culture and people. And have you got what days out of interest? I'm always fascinated by what days people choose to be in the office. What so days actually you- for us, Monday and Friday, everybody's in. It's amazing to start the week together. And then, you know, on a Friday, we have, you know, celebration of the week that's been. So it's great to end the week together as well. No, that makes a lot of sense. And, and actually, I think most people choose the middle of the week, don't they? So Graham, how, how is that for you in terms of your sort of return to work culture? How, how's that working out for Frank? Yeah, well, I, I don't think I've got the excuse, like Frankie says, of a dad who wants to get home early in time for bath time for their kids anymore. With my 22-year-old twins, I'm not sure that's going to work out um, in the right way. But no, for, for, for Frank, I mean, uh, the, it has, I, I wouldn't say it's been a challenge for us, actually. Um, but uh, we've not changed. So we've always had um, an open five days a week uh, office. We haven't had any mandatory days working from home or from the or from the office. Um, I guess it's it's kind of business as usual. We have implemented Flexi Frank, which is a system whereby people can work from home on days that they feel that they need to work from home, uh, and we've formalised that a bit. But I have to say that was always the case, Frank, 10 years ago, if you wanted to work from home because you've got a deck to write or you've got a builder's letting at 10 o'clock in the morning and it's easy to do it from home and there's no point in coming into work or for whatever reason, uh, we kind of done that anyway. So we're a big believer in, 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 in culture and being together. Uh, we have clients like Frankie that are pretty much always on. They don't know when our days are that are working from home or whatever and actually they don't really care. They want a job done uh, when they want their job done. So we found it easier to work that way. Um, and, uh, you know, as we're frankly, we've just been away on our way day last week. Our scores on company culture were, were, were massively high. And that's the real reason that, you know, people want to work at agencies like Frank and W, uh, I guess. I mean, our sort of big challenge this year hasn't been that so much. It's been the creative culture, um, I'd say. And that... Uh, um, just sort of, you know, being open about it is that I think for a few years, you know, up until sort of last year, up until we did the MBO last year, um, you know, Frank had lost its way a bit in terms of coming up with those trademark, signature, brilliant, award-winning ideas that create talkability. Um, and I was a bit sort of removed from the business for a few years and um, I'd seen that happen. So I've really worked hard this year and that's been a challenge, how we revive that, how we get our creative mojo uh, back. And, you know, for us, it's been a string of award-winning campaigns one after the other this year, which has, um, you know, been brilliant to see and sort of proof that that we've got it back. But reviving that, getting everyone in the business thinking about coming up with ideas as opposed to having a creative department or creative division or a creative director um, kind of had to dismantle those structures and the handbrakes that were um, in, in a business that was renowned from creativity from all quarters had become a bit um, 
sort of compartmentalized in where an idea could come from. So so that's been my big challenge, really, and the business's big challenge is dismantling that and getting us back to the days when we were at our stonking best coming up with ideas left, right, and centre. And that's, you know, I think definitely out, and the culture is definitely back this year. Well, Graham, having hired a few members of your team, I have always heard about how hands-on you are within that kind of new business and creative process. So it's interesting that you felt really you had to kind of kind of get back to that in terms of actually really finding that mojo and kind of going back to that those ways of working and getting your hands all over it. It sounds again, right? It is, but it's but it's the fun <laughs> bit of the job, right? I mean, that's yeah. the. I mean, look, we're all we're all kind of run businesses and deal with all the issues that one has to deal with running an agency. But you know, I know I've been working with Frankie for seven odd years that was the best bit is you know the kind of sitting down blank sheet of paper brief from a client okay how do we crack it it was the hardest bit and it was the scariest bit because where do you start but it was also the 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 fun bit it was you know intellectually challenging creatively challenging and then you know then you pitched it you didn't always win it but you knew if you come up with a a real zinger on one of your best you know strategies and, and ways to execute that strategy you had a pretty good chance. And I always found that and still do find that just as exhilarating and exciting as I did when I was starting off doing it. Well, congratulations, because it's not always easy, I think, to kind of win back that mojo, especially being being an agency that's been running for so many years. Thank you. Yeah, agree. Frankie, so biggest success of the year, would you say? I know you've only just started. I was going to say, oh, well, joining W. Um, I think what, you know, look, there's the personal, which is actually coming from a global role, uh, um, entertainment and, you know, TV production business like Fremantle and touching every point from internal to corporate to investor relations and obviously the consumer side of things. And actually then coming back to sort of my homeland in an agency like W and really finding you know, my happy place again amongst, you know, what feels like coming home, but being able to bring the skills of what I've learned in-house in that role to what I'm doing every day. So it's very personal and I don't want to obviously claim the successes of W as my own. It's a bit too early. But I think, Frankie, that's your first, is it your first in-house role that you've been in? Well, if we go back a hundred years, you'll all remember (laughs) a company called Joe Blogs. I was in-house there for about two years. Right. Okay. But coming out of three months and then back into an agency role are there any kind of tips that you'd kind of give to your agency fellows having been the other side of the fence for a while yeah I mean it is amazing I I ran a few pictures and obviously hired a few agencies when I was in the house um but you know you hire agencies for to get good advice and good counsel you want senior people leading your businesses and I really noticed that actually being the client that you know that relationship between the agency and the client is is really important and to be able to have that i think the agility that agencies can provide the counsel they can provide um and bringing not just insight from uh, your business but from across the whole industry and learnings from every client so across multiple sec- sectors is really important because sometimes when you're in-house you know it's full-on all day every day lots of internal meetings and you need your agency partner to help you just look at the bigger picture look at other opportunities look at things that are happening uh, across as I say different businesses different industries. Thank you so Graham your biggest challenge and learning of the year? Uh uh, biggest challenge, I think a challenge has, has been dealing with, uh, when I thought about it, is dealing with imposter syndrome. And I think um, as I've kind of got older and certainly in the last couple of years got miles more involved in the agency again, I, I guess there's that imposter syndrome in terms of doubting my ability 
um, as I've got older and doubting that ability to try to stay relevant, to stay in touch, to keep culturally attuned, even to use the right language and, and you know, sometimes when you communicate and being a 56-year-old white bloke in this industry these days uh, and still getting it right is 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 hard. I, I find it a really interesting and um, testing to to, to be able to do that. I don't really have the imposter syndrome, but I find it definitely a big challenge to, you know, keep on my game. And I think it's harder as you get older to keep on your game. And, um, you know, there's not too many oldies about. Um, so obviously a few on this podcast. Um, but it, it, I think it is more of a challenge as as, as, as as one gets older to do that. And, and you know, I'm kind of pretty... Now, if I was going to give myself a pat on the back for being able to do it, I would come the end of the year. And I've just got to work just as hard next year um, to, to, to be doing that. I don't think agencies are the easiest place to be for people who are in their 50s, are they? Well, I'm surrounded by, you know, Frank, I'd say, you know, average age is... 24 or 25 and that's only because i bring the average age up so so dramatically but no but you know it is it is it is that i mean it's not you know when we talk about diversity and inclusion there is that you know kind of age diversity uh, and inclusion issue which is 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 often not mentioned because we talk about more you know social economic backgrounds or ethnicities not necessarily um ages so much but you know there's not there is definitely a lack of that experience and and you know it's obviously a big part of our consumers that we're targeting as well um but it but i think just to exist in uh in and 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 be accepted by a group of people who are younger than you i'm I, you know i was i was always conscious of i'm you know and when i bought back frank and did the mbo a couple of years ago last year actually it's our first full year post mbo but when i did that i was always thinking well if i'm going to get really active again um, how's that going to go down? So, so for me, it was a bit of imposter syndrome, and I did have to deal with that. But, but I really did have to work hard at doing that and uh, and think about it much more than uh, I would have. And um, I think I've done okay. Well done. And it sounds like you have because you brought back the mojo, right? So- brought back the mojo. I have to say, I'm <laughs> loving it, and I think you know everyone at the business is loving it too. So um, that's always that. You do a job you love, and you never work a day in your life. I think. So on to the success then. Is it is it all around really that theme or is it something else? Well, I think from from definitely from a success point of view, you know, this is the first full year since uh, I did the MBO, which is, you know, I've never done an MBO before that one. So it was quite significant. And, you know, it was a bit of a turnaround in terms of getting the creative culture back, as well as, you know, a few other things that needed to be attended to. Um, and, um, you know, I can only look you know, if you look on through one lens, I can look at our growth and, you know, we're going to show, we've just done the, you know, closing out this calendar year. So we'll show 22% growth in terms of our revenue, which is, you know, significant and pretty good in a market, which has been a bit, I don't know, uncertain, I think, to, to, to say to say the best. So that's definitely been success if you quantify that way. As I said, the, I think the biggest success for me is that I don't think I've had so much fun as I have done in the last year with the group of people that I'm lucky enough to work with, um, uh, Frank, um, you know, doing some work that, that I'm smiling at, I'm laughing at, clients are loving, that is not only, you know, getting coverage and doing all the right things, but has a real, in many occasions, social purpose or has is actually putting out some positive things in the world or changing it even a little bit. I mean, you know, that to me has been, 
kind of the hallmark of success that I can um, I can sort of close out the year and say, you know what, I've had brilliant year. Just can't stop having fun. And if you can't stop having fun in this business, then you're not going to stop being in this business. Oh, well, many congratulations. It sounds like you're not ready for retirement yet, right? Not yet, not yet. No. <laughs> well, listen, I can't believe it. We're at the end of the show. So much to talk about with 2022. Thank you so much for joining us. And I wish you both a lovely Christmas. Frankie, what are you doing for Christmas? Well, I'm actually going to Iceland. Oh, are you? Mm. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Remember, to use, yeah. the out, use the out of office when you're there, yeah? No problem. <laughs> I will do. And Graham, what about you? What are you doing for Christmas? Uh, in about an hour and a half, uh, taxi's coming to take us to the airport and we're off to Mauritius. So um, that's oh, where I yeah. shall be. Oh, how wonderful. Yeah. Going for a couple of weeks. That'd be gorgeous. A couple of weeks to Mauritius, yeah. Nothing wrong with that at all. Looking forward to that. Frankie, what are you doing? Oh, I'm staying here. <laughs> it's exciting. I think I might go to the Cotswolds for a couple of days, but I'm not going to top Iceland and I'm definitely not going to top Mauritius. So that will have to come <laughs> later in the year. But listen, I wish you both um, a very happy Christmas and a happy new year. And thank you so much for joining us. And to you, Frankie. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So that brings us to the end of this week's show. Thank you so much to you all for listening to not just this show, but all of the shows since we launched in May this year. We've had wonderful comments and feedback from so many people and we are really proud and grateful for the really strong and amazing listenership that we are now building. I, Danny, John and the whole team at PR Week wish you all a very Merry Christmas and let's hope for a much happier 2023. See you in January. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.